0: But having created my inner calm, what he said didn't trigger me. Instead, what happened is I was looking at him and I could see how what I said had triggered him. It was absolutely not my intention, but what I said had hurt him. It just, it hit some old thought or experience and brought that feeling up for him And so he lashed back out at me, but because I had developed that inner calm, I was able to look at him and go, I am so sorry that what I said was hurtful to you. It is absolutely not what I meant or intended to happen. Hi, I'm Sandy Fowler, and you're listening to Mighty Parenting, a podcast where we explore parenting in a way that helps us and our kids find more happiness and fosters emotional wellness, even while solving problems with our teens and young adults. We learn through advice and stories from experts and other parents, and I'm so glad you've joined us. So welcome to Mighty Parenting, where we have real, raw, and relevant talk about raising teens and parenting young adults in today's world. Today's conversation is with, well, it's with me, Sandy Fowler. I am not only the host of the Mighty Parenting podcast, I am also a stress relief coach, a meditation guide, and a speaker. And I help people with stress relief and reclaiming their calm. What I wanted to do today, though, is kind of pull together some of the main ideas that I have found in multiple interviews. Parents send me questions, and sometimes there's one specific interview that deals with it, but... There's also a lot to glean just from having listened to so many experts. We're talking about over 200 experts on Mighty Parenting alone, plus all the people I interviewed in my prior podcast. So let's talk about what you want to know, because I get a lot of questions about handling various behaviors in our teens And I know that as parents, when we see particular behaviors, we feel compelled to fix them because we think that seeing the appropriate behaviors means our child is okay. We believe that they'll have a good life if they just do the right things. And we want our kids to be happy. We want them to have that good life. I totally get that. I have been that parent and can still find myself thinking that way. After interviewing over 400 experts, here's what I know. One, happiness is different for everyone. It's not going to be defined the same way for our child as it is for us. And the only way that we can help our kids be happy is to follow their lead and really get curious. Two, we aren't responsible for anyone else's happiness. Now, that's not to say that we don't have any impact on our kids or that we can't help make them unhappy. When we are crabby, when we're being difficult, upset, or triggered, we can definitely make it harder for our kids to be happy, right? But even then, we aren't responsible for how they respond to us. We aren't responsible for their happiness. Three, one of the most effective ways to help our kids be happy is to be happy ourselves. So those are three things that I have learned from all these experts. And let's dig into those a little bit. So the first one, I said, happiness is different for everyone. Our kids may have a very different definition of what it means to be happy. I know in talking to the experts who are out there talking to our teens and our 20 somethings, they're telling us that our kids view the world differently. They want some different things, for example, in their work. It is very important to them to have meaningful work. It is very important to them to not have work be the pinnacle of their life. They want it to be more integrated. And that's just one example of what's happening. So how, how can we connect with our kids on this happiness idea? What we need to do is we need to get curious first thing we want to do about being curious is notice when they are happy. Just, okay, they're happy. Now think about it. What were they doing? Were there particular activities? Are there certain things that they actually do that make them happy? Is it about the results or an accomplishment for them? So one example is video games. Parents will talk to me about their kids playing video games, playing endless video games. And and there are a lot there are a lot of reasons our kids play video games and yes, there can be issues with it. However, there are also times where our child is learning lessons from those video games. So if we notice, oh, my kid really likes to play video games, just observe. And possibly ask some simple questions, don't interrogate them, but ask them things like, wow, you seem like you were having a great time there. What was really fun for you about that? What got what just got you so excited in the game? Because sometimes what it is, is it's the achievement, is the skill that they are learning in playing the game that gets them excited. So notice what it is. Do they like to achieve? Do they like to increase the levels? Where are they? Who are they with? Right? So where are they? It could be different environments. Maybe they're really happy whenever they're in the woods, or they're really happy in a pool, or they're really happy at the library, or they're really happy when they're working on a car or a motorcycle or a bike. Maybe they're really happy when they're physically active. Maybe they're really happy when they're writing, when they're writing stories or poetry or journaling. Where are they as well as what are they doing that's making them happy? And then also, who are they with? Are they, are they happier when they are with a particular person? And is it that same person all the time that makes them happier? Or is it just being around people in general? Or is it something that happens when they're with people or when they're with a particular person? You know, is this the friend who plays tennis with them? Or is this a group of people where they get to be a leader and they really enjoy that and they thrive on that? Or is this a group of people where they don't have to lead? Maybe that's not their jam and they love being able to be a strong, supportive person. Just notice, just be aware of what's happening and just, This takes time, so give yourself lots of time. Don't think you're going to watch your kid for a day and figure them out. Just be curious. The second way that we can help understand our child's happiness is to ask them questions and then really listen to their answers. So all those things we just discussed are things you can get curious about and you can ask about. I already mentioned that in the video game, right? So... It might be another time where you just go, hey, I noticed that you were really happy when you came home from swimming. What was that that made you so happy? What was so fun there? What felt so good? And then really listen to their answer. You want to be listening to learn not listening and trying to figure out what you're going to say, you're not trying to guide them or teach them. This is not a teachable moment for them. This is a learning moment for you. So ask them questions, things like, tell me more. What was so interesting? It sounds like that was a fun challenge for you. Was that? What did you like about that? What did you enjoy about doing that or being there or about that person? Have you ever experienced that before? When have you noticed that happen that way for yourself before? And you can't even ask what makes you happy, although that's a really big question. That's a huge question for a teenager. So I'd be a little cautious with that one. And if they go, I don't know, fine, let them shrug it off and let it go for another day. And you go back to being curious and just watching, when are they happy and what's happening? What are they doing? Who are they with? Where were they at? And remember to just listen and don't push. This isn't something they have to figure out. It's not even something you have to figure out. You're just trying to learn. So you can ask them things like, hey, would you like to do more of that? Would you like to spend more time with them? Would you like to explore that further? And depending, if there's something that they say yes to, you could say, well, how could you do more of that? Remember, we're not teaching them and telling them. We're learning as they explore their their own happiness, right? So how could you do more of that? How could you spend more time with them? How could you explore that further? And let them think about it. Again, if they say, I don't know. And you can just say something like, yeah, I get that. It's kind of a new thing or it's kind of a big thing or just, yeah, I get that. Well, if you want any help from me, just let me know and be willing to drop it. Again, this isn't about digging in and figuring out something right in the moment. This is about being curious and listening to them, you learning and maybe them growing a little bit. You can just tell them that, you know, hey, if you want help from me, I'm here. Or you could ask, is there any way I could support you? Is there any way I can support you in doing more of that? Is there any way I can support you in exploring that further? Is there any way I can support you in spending more time with them or that person? Just give yourself time and patience and really practice your active listening. That's a great time to do it. So the second point I made in our three ways to help our kids be happier was to remember that we aren't responsible for anyone else's happiness. And this is an interesting challenge for us as parents, because we so want our kids to be happy. But if you think back to when your kids were little, if you're responsible for their happiness, you're just going to have this endless task list of getting them things, doing them things, right? This is what makes them happy in the moment. That's not what we're responsible for. We're responsible for making sure their basic needs are met. We are responsible for guiding them. And one of the things we guide them through is figuring out how to make themselves happy. It's one of the reasons that I say boredom is good for our kids. Aside from the fact that that's where creativity stems from is boredom. Interesting point. Boredom also means that they're going to figure out what to do, and chances are that they're not going to go do some chores, right? They're going to go do something that they enjoy, something that maybe makes them happy, or they'll end up doing something and find out it doesn't make them happy. But it's not our job to keep taking them to do things, to give them things, to share ideas with them about how to be happy. That is really their job. And that doesn't mean that we don't have any impact on our kids. I mentioned this too, right? We can certainly make it harder for our kids to be happy. It is certainly difficult to be happy in a household where you have a parent who is raging or crying or having some type of emotional outburst. It is harder to be happy in a household where a parent is constantly changing the rules on them. There are things we do that can make it harder. And so therefore, one of the things that we can do to make it easier is to be happier ourselves, which leads us directly to my third point, that one of the most effective ways to help our kids be happy is to be happy ourselves. Because first of all, our kids learn by observing us. If we have ideas and attitudes and habits that create happiness in ourselves, then our kids see that and they can develop those same ideas and attitudes and habits. I listened to a TED Talk the other day by Corday. He was talking about a high-level mindset and how it helps you reach your potential. And what I thought was really interesting is he said that his mom taught him how to have a high-level mindset, although she never named it that and she never even talked about it. It's simply how she lived her life and he observed that. So our kids really do watch us. You know, that's how the kids learn to walk and talk is our brains are designed to mimic people, to learn. And it doesn't stop when they get older. They are still looking at us and looking at people around them and mirroring those things and learning and doing things that they see. And the second part of this is, as I said earlier, we aren't responsible for our children's happiness. But when we get upset, her angry or scared when they say or do something, we can react in a way that makes it harder for our kids to be happy. Kim Minch talked a lot about this in episode 232, where she discussed our limiting beliefs and how they can trigger us. And it's something that I work on for myself and with my clients, because the more stress that my clients remove from their lives, and the more that they reclaim their inner calm, the more peaceful they are. And this makes them less reactive, which feels better for them and also creates an environment which is more conducive to happiness for our kids. The first time I had this experience where I discovered that just being less reactive made a big difference was actually with my husband rather than one of my kids. But at the time, I don't know, we'd been married 29 or 30 years and we're in the kitchen and I said something to him and he said something to me. And it was just one of those little things where, you know, this, like the flow of this conversation because you've had it multiple times over the last 20 some, 30 some years. And this is not a good flow. This was one of those degenerating flows. But on this day, I said something and he said something back to me. But having created my inner calm, what he said didn't trigger me. Instead, what happened is I was looking at him and I could see how what I said had triggered him. It was absolutely not my intention, but what I said had hurt him. It just, it hit some old thought or experience and brought that feeling up for him and so he lashed back out at me, but because I had developed that inner calm, I was able to look at him and go, I am so sorry that what I said was hurtful to you. It is absolutely not what I meant or intended to happen. And then I could just see him, like you could almost see the thoughts going across his face or as they moved through his mind, you know, his face would change because We'd had this cycle of conversation around certain things all these years. But all these years, I hadn't been calm enough. I had been reactive. So what he said caused me to say something else, which caused him to say something else. And it just spiraled down. Now it was like me making that little tiny change in the conversation spiraled everything up. And he was able to quickly recover from whatever feeling he had, and then we were able to have a really good conversation around that. So and then after that experience, I noticed similar experiences with my children. When I felt calm and non reactive, they seemed to have more space to experience their emotions, and to make choices for themselves around that. And it all just went better. Because the truth is, when it comes down to it, we can only control ourselves. We're only responsible for ourselves in the sense of emotions. I know we do have responsibilities to our kids. But seeing ourselves as responsible for an outcome that we can't control is exhausting and it is stressful. And trying to control our teens undermines our relationship with them. So when we accept the fact that we only have control over ourselves, it's actually liberating. It's something that relieves stress. And it seems a little counterintuitive when you first think of it because you're like, oh my gosh, I have no control. I I can't control this child. That means that I can't keep them safe. I can't make sure they have a good life. And while that's technically true, it's also true that once we recognize that, as I said, it is liberating and It actually helps us do more for them in terms of keeping them safe and giving them a good life. And when we take the energy that we were putting into trying to control our teens and redirect it into working on ourselves and supporting ourselves, we can also be happier and less stressed, which allows our kids to be happier and less stressed. And wasn't that the original goal anyway? Thank you for joining me here today. Remember, if you're here and you're listening, you already are a Mighty Parent. You got this. And I will see you next week. You've been listening to Mighty Parenting with Sandy Fowler, the stress relief coach and meditation guide. You can learn more about working with Sandy at reclaimingcalm.com. Mighty Parents, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Mighty Parenting Podcast. If you're ready for more, visit MightyParenting.com, where you can get your free email series, How to Talk to Your Teen, with tips for communicating with your teen in a way that builds connection and communication. And of course, remember to share the podcast with another parent to support them on their parenting journey.